Welcome to Bedtime Fairy Fails. I'm Kim. This episode was made possible in part by the live play D&D podcast, All D20. We'll tell you a little more about them after the show. This story was sent in by Will Galladay in Los Angeles. This is a story about, well, drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Especially if they're a tainted batch of mystery drugs. This is Just Say No. Once upon a time, in a far-off land not unlike Scandinavia, a group of heroes had recently returned from a quest in the sewers. Some city officials had disappeared down there, and it turned out they had a bit of a monster problem. Now, with the monsters vanquished and the quest over, our heroes have emerged slimy and covered in... well... Shit? I was going to say sewage, but thanks. No problem. Let's meet our smelly adventurers. First, we have an Eldrin wizard named Hylock, a human rune knight named Britta, a gnome artificer named Tolvis, Erangun, the Asimar grave cleric, Dahlia, the half-elf bard, and a halfling swashbuckler named Bobin. Before we get into the fail part of the tale, let's do some quick backstory. Not too long ago, while the party was out adventuring, a group of bandits had viciously attacked them. And not just a normal attack. These bandits seemed to be in a blind rage, trying to kill anything that got close to them. Which was completely bizarre behavior for bandits. So when the group came out victorious, they looted the bandits looking for clues to their strange behavior. And also gold. Eventually, they came across a small pouch full of strange pink powder. The group speculated that it was some kind of drug and could be to blame for the bandits' murdery rage. Back to now. The adventurers are all sitting around naked in some hot springs, bathing themselves and enjoying some much-needed relaxation. And now that they'd completed their latest quest, they begin discussing what they should do next. So, uh... What do you guys want to do now? Do you still have that really cool gem? Yeah, got it right here. Well, do you remember what we were supposed to do with it? I do not. What about all those missing kids? I don't want to bother with that. Yeah, that sounds boring. Eventually, Dahlia says, Well, there's always that bandit thing. We could look into that weird pink powder and see what that was all about. Hylock the wizard says, Oh yeah, let's see what's up with that. He then reaches into the bag behind him, pulls out the pouch, and goes to try some. Because clearly, suspecting it of causing bandits to go into a murderous rage wasn't enough of a deterrent. The group yells at him to stop. No! But it was too late. His eyes get huge as they fill with rage. His entire naked body tenses as he readies for battle. At this point, 
I'm sure you're wondering what exactly this powder is. It's a fantasy drug called feral. It's made from ground-up fairy wings, and it's supposed to give you the barbarian's rage effect. Except this came from a bad batch that was circulating through the city, and along with the rage effect, it also sends people into a murderous rampage. And poisons you. And that's what Hylock had just taken a sample of. The wizard flies into a rage in all his naked glory, lunging at an also-naked Brit of the Rune Knight. Everything is chaos. He's attacking everyone he can reach. Everyone else is trying to calm him down and restrain him, all while he's also being slowly poisoned. Now, being a wizard, Hylock isn't much for hand-to-hand -hand combat. So instead of punching, he's just open hand slapping everyone he can reach. Water is splashing, people are yelling, and Hylock is just slapping people like the wind. Eventually, they manage to calm the wizard down, and the vicious slapping finally comes to an end. Except then he starts throwing up blood. You know, from taking mystery drugs that are poison. He quickly falls unconscious, and the heroes rush to help, using all the healing spells they had. Finally, Hylok is stabilized, and they all breathe a sigh of relief. Hylok says, Hmm, that was weird. I, uh, I heard they give pretty good massages here. Anybody want to do that? Okay, and they do get those massages, like nothing ever happened. The end. This story comes from one of our repeat submitters, Alex in Boise, Idaho, the guy who brought us Babies and Booty Calls and The Whale Incident. This tale comes from the same campaign about six months before Babies and Booty Calls. This is a story that teaches us when something seems too good to be true, it probably is. This is Getting Unlucky. Once upon a time, a group of heroes had just taken on their first contract mission as adventurers. You see, they had just spent the past six months in the kingdom's metropolitan Trinity City and they were desperate to get out and stretch their legs. Our party consists of a few familiar characters and also a few new ones. We have Rand Wanderfoot, the Wood Elf Ranger, Brutus, the High Elf Ranger, Vokil, the Human Barbarian, Pyra, the Half Elf Cleric, and Drez Ninefingers, the Human Rogue. Now, like I said, the heroes were itching for an adventure, so they took a job investigating strange occurrences of undead activity in the coastal village Beach Hollow. After a few days on the road, the heroes came to the only place to rest and resupply, a little ranch slash way station known as Wyvern Smith. The proprietors of Wyvern Smith were more than excited to have guests in their home, and none more than the two beautiful 20-something-year-old daughters, Penelope and Jolene. And with a name like Jolene, I think we can all get an idea of where this is headed. 
Throughout dinner, as everyone is chatting, it doesn't take long for Drez and Brutus to realize they had a sure thing going with these girls. They didn't even have to try very hard. They were practically throwing themselves at the two heroes, and the heroes were loving it. Pyra, however, was suspicious. She carried on with her conversation with the girl's father, Greg, but kept a close eye on Penelope and Jolene. After dinner, the group split up, with Drez and Brutus accompanying the two sisters upstairs, while Rand and Vokil head outside to prepare their things for the next leg of the journey. Pyra, still suspicious of the daughters, followed Greg to the sitting room for some coffee and light interrogating. You have a beautiful family, said Pyra. Well, thank you, replies Greg. My daughters are my pride and joy. You seem fairly open-minded as a father, allowing your daughters to be accompanied upstairs by two wandering adventurers, probes Pyra. Greg's voice completely changes as he replies, Ah, yes. Well, it makes things easier. Pyra looked at him in shock and said, What do you mean? Well, it's easier for the sacrifice if the offerings have bad luck. And it's relatively easy for the girls to curse someone with unluckiness when they are too focused on the pleasures of the flesh to notice. Pyra noticed with horror that as Greg had been talking, his skin had become waxy and was now hanging off of his bones. She began to point this out to him when she heard a scream of rage from outside. Ah! While outside preparing for their journey, Vokil and Rand had found that the horses had been poisoned. And when they began to investigate, a horde of skeletons and zombies began rising up from the ground, completely surrounding Wyvern Smith. Vokil flew into a rage and drew his giant shred club, which is a club that had arrowheads and bits of metal attached to it, while Rand drew his bow. They began fighting the undead near them while retreating back to the house. Meanwhile, back inside, Greg suddenly vanished while Pyra looked outside to investigate the screen. She saw the undead surrounding the house and called out to Drez and Brutus, but all she could hear from upstairs was the sound of a scuffle. In the midst of their too-good-to-be-true hookup, Penelope and Jolene had transformed into demonic-looking half-tiger creatures. Brutus and Drez were forced to fight them in the nude, with only the weapons they had at hand. Brutus kicked the now monstrous Jolene off of him and jumped out the window with nothing but his bow and arrows. Unluckily for the naked ranger, he fell two stories into a rosebush which kept him from immediately noticing that he was also surrounded by the undead. Back upstairs, Drez had grabbed his short sword and proceeded to fight his way to the hallway, but somehow he stumbled and fell over the second story banister and landed on a coffee table down below. Their bad luck had officially begun. The rest of the night was full of more bad luck and incredible incredibly close calls. Drez lost one of his swords when it got stuck in the wall. He later backed into the hot stove, burning his butt cheeks. Because remember, he's still nude. 
And Drez was very proud of his nice rump, so this hurt on both a physical and an emotional level. At one point, his hookshot malfunctioned and wouldn't shoot, but later it went off on its own, launching him out the window and into a nearby apple tree, where it got stuck. After dangling for a few minutes trying to pull it loose, Drez finally managed to free it, only for him to fall, slam into a branch, and then hit the ground. Luckily, for once, Pyra was nearby and helped him back into the house where she, Vokil, and Rand had barricaded the front door. Brutus didn't fare much better. In fact, he had it way worse. After pulling his naked and now scratched up self out of the rose bush, the first thing he did was take off running for the barn. When he reached it, he tried to dive headfirst through a window, only to miss. So instead of crashing through a window, he dove headfirst into the window frame. Once he recovered from that, he saw he was quickly being surrounded by the undead. He began shooting anything that moved with his bow. Except he didn't manage to shoot many undead. Instead, he accidentally shot a cow, the dinner triangle, his own foot, and Rand. Twice. He then tried to light a bale of hay on fire and succeeded. But it also caught a tarp on fire which got wrapped around his foot. So he immediately took off running through the barn, dragging the burning tarp behind him. His fiery run ended with him falling on a pitchfork. Despite the terrible luck, somehow the entire party made it through the night alive. The next morning, since Greg, Penelope, and Jolene had failed to make the required sacrifices to whatever terrible creature they had an arrangement with, the three of them turned to sludge. As the group set out for the rest of their quest, Pyra said, You know guys, it's totally okay to both be and get lucky, but it's never okay for you to be and get stupid. Remember that next time. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like D&D podcasts, which clearly you do, be sure to check out one of our favorites, All D20. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. To submit a fail, email me at bedtimefairyfails at gmail.com or message me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Bedtime Fairy Fails and Twitter as BT Fairy Fails.